Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. discussion a little bit if you'd like. We'd, uh, we'd hope you do. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about uh, such questions such as why some people think that, that traditional martial arts is bullshit. Bullshit. Why do people think that? Um, and uh, another question, do all martial arts have to only about ass-kicking and effing people out? Uh, yeah. um, also, uh, uh, you know, bring people out. MMA, um, you know, are those rivalries real? I mean, why turning into a WWE, you know, entertainment wrestling type drama? Or are those actually legit? Um, well, <laughs> we might talk about what happened last night at UFC 229. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was on. Um, live feed with some with some people that were watching it last night and I was like we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> so anyway, um who do we watching? Uh we've got let me get my let me get my step here real quick. Pardon my read folks. Oh hold on. Oh that sucks. My uh, my screen is uh... all right. Uh, watching. Janie looking miser watching. Are you? <laughs> um, and Janie just said I called on Skype this whole time. Hello. <laughs> and Sean Davis is watching Stephanie Zimmerman. Hi, Steph. Um, oh so yeah, no, you can call on Skype. In fact, let me go. Over uh, when you go to the uh, marquee there, there's a little blue S up top, and you click it, if, uh, and then it'll um, ask you, you know, do you want Skype? Let's open Skype. And then you open Skype, and there you go. <laughs> so let me go ahead and post this link real quick. I guess it would help if I actually had Facebook open. <laughs> so I was watching. Nazis watching because uh, um, a lot of watching. Just black watching. Vinieras Now, if you uh, like the topics of this show and look and look forward to discussing it with us, share this video. Share this video because dynamic dynamic dojo talk radio, not, not the group dynamic dojo show. Uh, slowly phasing that out. That group in gosh, most years. <laughs> go 
the page. So, anyhow, that's my watch. <laughs> So, turn that off there. Okay. Who's calling while I'm on the air? Okay. So, welcome to, um, can you call, call myself? <laughs> you call the number up there. Don't, don't call myself. I can't answer it. Um, no, I'm, so anyway, Mickey Garcia is watching. So, Bill Scott says, I love your show. Thank you, Bill. Can't do it with fans. Without fans. Okay, so let's get on the feed um, quick. I can post because chances are a little more uh, trustworthy than like a cell phone. Or so, okay, Shigeru is also watching. Why am I being really slow today? So five people watching already. Let's make that fifty now. Share this video. Uh, and uh, all right, so let's go and get started. Thank you, Bill. Peter Chan is on too. Yay! And Facebook is taking forever to. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get uh, started. Let's uh, start with birthdays. Let me pull up my birthdays here. Birthday, birthday, birthdays. All right, we have uh, got Rose Jimenez, my favorite psychic. No joke, my favorite psychic. And you know what? I shout out Rose Jimenez because you know when people think about the word psychic, you know they're thinking about the crystal ball gazing, you know, thing and stuff, a fortune teller type of thing. And you know what? That is not what a psychic. Is. A psychic is uh, just someone that's just really attuned to um, surroundings and attuned to their intuition, attuned to um, whatever energy you put out. It's not like you can call them and say, hey, I want to know the winning lot numbers, because <laughs> that's not how it works, folks. So happy birthday today, Rose. So also another couple of people having birthdays today. Michelle Finnegan is having her birthday today, and St. Clair. Now, tomorrow, October 8th, we have say Renee Lynn Winter, um, who we saw at the um, City of Sydney classic a few weeks ago. Shout out to Renee. Also to my good friend Laura Raphael. On the ninth, my now do you call them cousin? Abby Umagat is having her birthday on the ninth. Now do you call your husband's kid? <laughs> how, how do you call that? Uh, what do you call that? Anyway, um so on October ninth, Abby Umagat, I'm just gonna call her my cousin. Nora's having her birthday. Kelly Haley's having a birthday. Sifu Debbie Lung is having a birthday. York Paris is having his birthday. So happy birthday to those guys. On the 10th, Shannon Crawford and Matt Lawrence. Uh, on the 11th, Remilio, Oliv- uh, Remilio Olivieri and Bert Rayleigh. On the 12th, Robin Dollard. And on the 13th, Soke Dave Johnson, Alice Baldson, and Marlon 
all the way up from Canuck land in Canada. <laughs> so for everyone having a birthday, the week of, what's the week, the 7th through the 13th, this tune is for you. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excellente. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Cause today is your day, hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Happy birthday, everybody. Let's make it a big birthday week. <laughs> Our agenda. We've... Everybody's calling me. <laughs> so, um, our announcements get here. I want to shout out the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Now, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is brand for, gosh, going on. Is it 30 years? 40 years? Wait, 42nd? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what year it would be. The oldest, if not the oldest, um, martial arts of fame here in the United States. And they have, they have events all over the country. So um, the next event, if I remember correctly, is next month, November 9th, 10th, and 11th, right here in the Northwest, in the Seattle area, at the Emerald Bean Casino. So that's where they're going to be having their uh, red carpet event and awards banquet. There's also going to be um, seminars planned on the, the, I think that's the Saturday, that's the Saturday, um, in the morning. So um, if you're attending, and you want to attend the seminars, come on out. Um, and there's also talk about getting a huge group together and uh, going out to cemetery out here where Bruce and Brandon Lee are buried and uh, paying our respects and, and taking big pictures and stuff like that. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and try that. Come rain, come shine. <laughs> right now. Um, if you guys will excuse me for a second, Kat is trying to get a hold of me, and she's like, okay, I have Skype set up. How do I call? <laughs> well, you know, you guys out there are going to help me because every time I've called like through Skype, through my end of Block Talk Radio, um, the calls have been free. Now, I don't know if you guys have to pay for minutes like you do with some other services to make a call, um, but uh, let me know how that works. If you get on Skype, can you just call any number or do you have to pay for minutes? So let me know. Um, otherwise, let me uh, get a hold of Kat and um, see for the number. And uh, we'll see if that works. <laughs> we'll see if that works. Yeah, I don't even know why I gave her the number. I mean, the number's right above my head. <laughs> 
All right. Another thing that I want to do here, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, is um, find that link to the Here we go. All right. So down below, the latest comment is a link, HTTP slash T-O-E-T-R. Um, and the, go ahead and click it, and what happen is it'll take you to a marquee, and that marquee will have a button on it. Um, oh, just and she's like, hold on, I'm having stomach cramps. So anyway, if you want to get to the Sharky for the audio-only area of this show, and there's a Skype button right above the uh, right above the, the header. It's, it's big blue, and it says Skype. And if you're, um, just click it, and it'll be like a computer. There you go. So it's gonna call me in a bit after she gets over the cramps. That sucks. That sucks. Stone, hey bro, how you doing? Uh, Matt Stone is gonna be moving back to Grizz. He's gonna be missing the USA Martial Arts Coalition um, by just a few weeks. And uh, Khaldun Shakir is watching. Good evening, he says. Good evening. How are you? All right. And um, Jane can help me out with thing. He says you should be able to do it for, uh, for free without minutes. Good. All right. So that um, announcement about the USA March and um, you know let's uh, let's go talk a little bit about US 229, the event from last night. Um, now I know there's some Connor Rick fans out there, and um, if there are, great. You know. No hard flints, okay. And if there are any uh, Habib fans out there, then awesome. I was kind of hoping that someone would, you know, knock the whole pie into Connor's mouth, but that was just me. <laughs> that was just me. And you know, I I was hoping for a knockout, you know, a submission, and it was clear that Connor tapped. But you know, I was I was up and down, and I was jumping and going woo, yay, yay, and then. All hell broke loose. Raise your hand. You saw that shit that went on last night. I hear all those hands going up. That was crazy. Crazy. You know, personally, I think, you know, in in the fight world, and I'm sure Kat will be able to talk about this too, in the fight world, always going to be someone that's talking trash. And it's all about how you let it affect you and how you let it get to you and stuff like that. Now, apparently, <laughs> it uh, it apparently got to and he decided to jump over the fence at the octagon and and after uh, people in Connor's camp. And uh, that's when everything that's when everything went downhill from there. Almost my respect for the you know I thought. Oh, he has a great stand-up game, has a great, uh, great game and stuff like that. Uh, I was thinking that Connor underestimated Habib's stand-up, but, you know, it's all very well and fine. He won turn square, and Connor legitimately tapped, and all hell broke loose. And uh, 
you know, the first I thought of is they're going to strip him of the title. They're going to strip Habib of the title. Oh, my God. So what do you guys think? Uh, let's, <laughs> I'm going to be interested in what you guys have to say in your comments. Um, yeah, that was that was weird. So, you know, when it comes to, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, about trash talking because you know it seems to be, you know, a thing in entertainment type of uh, uh, entertainment type of uh, stuff. Hold on, there we go. Um, you know, and, and I'm seeing it a lot more in MMA. And Bobo, hi John. John says I'm just popping in to say hi. Hope you had a good week, and I I hope you have a good week to come. Thank you so much, John. Sorry you can't stay long, but stay as long as you can. Uh is also watching. Hi everybody. Um, says it's all about the fan base. It's all about the fan base, and that's and that's very true. Um, because you know you see it in you know the wrestling, the entertainment kind. Is uh some people think it's real, <laughs> you know? Um, and it is real. We know that. Um, but what I want to know is, you know, why why all the drama? You know, I you know, why all the drama? You know, and why all the people? You know, counter stunt like throwing crud a bus and almost blinding some and stuff, stuff like that. I don't know. So hey, Bob Robinson is watching, and he says hey. Hi, Bob. Again, if you guys like what you're hearing and what you're seeing, go ahead and share this video. All right. Any thoughts about uh, about UFC 2.9 yesterday, you guys? Bob Robinson says humans love drama. Yeah, you know, I think that's why soap operas are so uh, popular. I don't know if they still are, but I remember when I was going to high school, they were a big thing. I mean, people were skipping school just to go watch General Hospital and what's happening to Luke and Laura and stuff like that. And I, I just never understood it. Um, there was this triangle or someone with disease or someone that's had a baby that no one knows who the daddy is or some drama. And John goes, are you call professional wrestling fake? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Can't fake being thrown off the term, uh, the top turnbuckle. You can't fake. You have to take somebody's weight once they come slashing off of the top turnbuckle. Dude, I love wrestling. I do. My dad was a was an art fan, and so was my mom. And the other day, I went and saw uh, uh, WWE Raw at Key Arena with a friend of mine. Um, just because I haven't seen it 20 years and stuff like that. I love it for the entertainment value. And I love it um, you know, because of, the, you know, a little bit of the drama, right? You know, but, you know, those wrestlers, they, they, they have something called kayfabe that they have to, you know, keep by. They have to stick there. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Um John goes, why I ought to bust a chair over your back. You know what, John? I'm going to reach underneath the paper and I'm going to grab a baseball bat. <laughs> All in good fun. Um, Jane says, this 
person is screwing this person and that person while they were sleeping with that, that person. LOL. That's soap operas for. That's what Janie says. Rick Kellen says, the word is, Ira Hall was dropped because he wasn't a drama queen. No draw. Or no drama. Sure, he was a fighter. Um, hold on, my screen went black here for a second. Sure, he's a great fighter, but didn't touch talk. And, and uh, you know, back in the early days of, of FC, you guys remember that? When it was all about the legit, you know, one art against another art, right? And the, and the beginning of the, popu- the big popularity of uh, BJJ. And it was cool. And, you know, 229, two, two you know, 129, like, it's later. Now it's turned to this. It's crazy. Um, Jim Thomas is watching. So thanks for watching, Jim. A shout-out about the next uh, event at the USA Mars Hall of Fame, Jim. So, anyway, Sarah Huff is watching also. So, anyway, I, I was just wondering if anyone else there you know, and actually watched what was going on on pay-per-view last uh, last night and it was just it was just a big gosh just a you know shit show dog and pony show it, it was it was just a big cluster and it was uncalled for but here's some news from the uk <laughs> okay so uh let me see here let me see why does that screen always go black? I don't understand. Folks, screen keeps going black. Okay. All right. So, uh, hold on. Hold on, folks. Hold on. No. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. He's like, I'm trying to call you Skype, not going through. Is it not ringing or is it the not answering? Cat is having a technical difficulty. <laughs> Tony Collins is watching too. Uh, Tony says, um, I stopped paying attention to MMA and football a long time ago. I wanted drama. I started a fight with a family member. <laughs> it's probably not the smartest thing to do and imagine. <laughs> so, all right. You know what? My screen up here. Honestly, folks, really tried to get my stuff together. Uh, Calden's trash-talking draws with crowds. Most MMA people don't appreciate traditional martial arts systems and are ignorant of MMA. Those those appreciate martial arts as a whole can survive watching a good fight without the trash talk. The typical MMA crowd would starve without the trash-talking fighters. Hmm. Uh, Dave Master, what are you doing, Dave? He says, professional was once a legitimate combat sport. Uh, when it started uh, turning into, uh, you know, basically a soap opera with sling in it, um, then, you know, uh, once once I realized that 
it was entertainment and that a lot of the stuff was scripted. Um, you know, I I took it for what it was. It's great entertainment. It's great to see athleticism of, of uh, the athletes. Um, and I'm not I'm not putting down any of uh, you know pro wrestler stars and stuff like that. I mean, heck, even Ronda Rousey in the in the WWE who I a couple weeks ago or uh, a week ago last week, um, and um, she fought, won her match. Um, however, you know, not taking away from you know WWE athletes, their athleticism is legit. Their fitness is legit. Um, but it is it is about for the crowd. However, injuries do exist. The part is real, or you know, somebody throws something that, that uh, you weren't quite expecting. You walk into a kick or something like that. There you go. As much as we would like to admit, Rick Kellerman writes, the majority of MMA fans are armchair fanboys wearing tap-out T-shirts, not actual martial artists. <laughs> you know, I'll have to, <clears throat> I'll have to. Uh, Agree with you there. Uh, well, not all of them, but uh, all of them. Um, I've I had a few teenagers actually come to my school asking about lessons, and then I would ask, you know, and I said tap out shirt and a tap out hat, gear and stuff like that. And I, you know, and I asked them, "Have you done martial before?" Oh, no, we're just looking around. And I'm thinking, like, why are you wearing a tap out shirt? <laughs> Same reason. Two other guys jumped into the ring, attacked McGregor, all things. I mean, still on the ground, for gosh sake, because he, he got submitted. And one of them threw a punch at McGregor, which was deflected. Uh, but another uh, strike hit him in the back of the head. Now, 30 personnel eventually separated the two entourage. Now, both McGregor and Nermagomedov, I can't even say his name, Mag. Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, were getting police escorts out of the arena, out of T-Mobile Arena, and Dana uh, White um, made the uh, executive decision to not present the this belt because of the security concerns. I mean, there was already stuff being thrown in, into the arena. Um, now Dana White later said that three of Habib's team had been arrested and were on their way to jail. And I think that was uh, during the uh, uh, during the press conference. Uh, now, Zubaira took involved in the attack on McGregor. And McGregor, however, decided not to press charges and the men were released from jail. And uh, Dana White has promised that any contracted fighters who were involved in the brawl will never fight this promotion again. Um, uh, Tuck Goff had had been due to fight McGregor's sparring partner Artem Loboff later this month. Habib's um, purse will be withheld pending an investigation by the Nevada Athletic Commission. Habib might also face criminal charges for his role in the fight, potentially complicating any visa applications that he may make in the future. However, you know there's a good that come out of it did at least get a congratulatory phone call from Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Dana White says no decision has yet made on whether or not Habib will be stripped of his lightweight title. And uh, Bob Bennett, who's uh, 
the executive director of the Nevada Athletic Committee, says that he has no comment at present because of an ongoing investigation. Kat just got a hold of me. She's like, this is driving me insane. Skype went through, breaking up on my end. I only hear every syllable that I'm beyond frustrated. And when I call on myself, I can't understand you. You're breaking up me badly. I don't understand. I don't get it. I get it. So, anyway, we'll check the song here. Oh, no, it's not. Um, let's see. Hold on. So, folks, can you guys cat some here? Um, let's see. I'm going to tell her get on the comments and ask for help on how to get Skype working so they can manage you. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> Everything goes well, except for that one line that never manages to get through. It's always one line, right? Anyone else? Calls? <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. Okay. <clears throat> so... Let's see, what what do we have here? Da, 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 da. What I'm doing out here? Well, it's 6.30. Well, we're going to be a little bit late going to break. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, go right to the news. So where's my health news at? Where's my health news? There it is. Now, for those of you that are listening, you're already martial artists. <laughs> and probably work out every day. Like your own film practice. Or more have your dojo or video or gym to work out with students in, right? Um, you know, maybe your friends or family that are, that are interested in losing. Well, here are six mental tricks to combat any excuse that people might have. On why they can't exercise. Okay. <clears throat> now, Cindy Matcher, um, who's a personal trainer, she says some people say I don't even 30 minutes to work out. I can't even get to the gym. Where do I start? Start with a mini workout. She suggests literally five minutes. It could run just while you're watching TV, squats, or you fold the laundry, or, or, or you know, walk around the block. And gimmicky is that might. Sound. These are the types of movements that you want to start doing to get your body used to the muscle memory of it. Okay. Uh, Stephanie also says that in your um, also says excuse me also says that in your mind you're seeing the workout as five minutes and who knows you might be inspired to uh, go for five more minutes and it will build and build. Right. So anyway, um, number one you want to wait. Hold on. That was number two. That was the main workout. Num- no, no, wait. That was number one. We set realistic goals. Setting concrete goals is a great way to get your head back in the game. And science shows that doing so does encourage behavior change when it comes to diet fitness. But uh, settling on the right kind of goal is key. One that is too lofty has the potential to have the opposite effect. 
setback, leaving us discouraged and preventing us from making it, and we just quit. Which is why many health experts encourage to set SMART acronym, SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Okay, so SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Now, some people wait until like a month before summer before summer starts, right? And they say stuff like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds in a month. 20 pounds in a month or even more, I want to lose 10 pounds in a month. You know, and people get on get on the wagon and they and they exercise and they uh, commit to eating weight. And then they see a rapid, like, oh, hey, I lost three pounds in two days or whatever. And they see that for a week or so. And uh, they get really, uh, really hyped up, and then it starts to burn off a little bit. It starts to eat out because, you know, that type of rapid weight loss does even out after a couple weeks. And that, that discourages some people, right? Um, now, for most people, a deficit, a calorie deficit of between 500 to 1,000 calories a day is reasonable, okay? And if you couple that with consistent exercise instead of just binge exercising on the weekend and, and taking the rest of the week off, you know, you know those uh, that calorie de- deficit is doable and realistic, and you know that will help you safely lose between four and eight pounds in a month. And the key word here is safe, safely. You you can expect to lose about two and a half. You can you can expect back two and a half months or so, or maybe three, to safely lose 20 pounds. You stick with it. So, you know, stick with it. On uh, three, now Stephanie Mansour, that, that uh, personal trainer that I was talking about earlier, she says that some people will just skip their exercise class if they're going to be five minutes late just because they don't want to interrupt a class. And uh, me, I, I say, can you, you say, don't make it all about you. The class will continue regardless of how late you are. <laughs> so, you know, instead of, you know, using it as an excuse, right, have a, have a go-with-the-flow mind, mindset instead of being so rigid. And that'll help you enable yourself to create a plan B or a plan C or D to fall back on when things don't go as planned, which will inevitably happen, right? So this means being more flexible and incorporating movement through your day. Now, a lot of people do have a rigid view on what constitutes as exercise, but the truth is if you can't make it to the gym, there are a lot of ways to get that movement in elsewhere during your, during your day. So, for example, you know, you've heard this, take the stairs instead of the elevator if you're at work. Right? Um, have a separate egg in your car and in your office that includes headphones plus clothes, sneakers, so you're prepared. That kind of adds the uh, concept of intervals. To your uh, to your chore of walking dog, so there's a lot of things that you can do to incorporate movement in daily grind. All right. Number four, skipping a workout is a conscious decision. Don't make an excuse to skip. Don't make excuses for yourself, basically. Um, often, um, and I've been there. Skipping a workout is a is it isn't really a decision at all. Sometimes, uh, you know, we sleep late, um, you know, and we're at work and, and our workout, and we don't get to the gym on time, or we sit on the rest on the couch when we get home. And, you know, time just flies and realize, oh, damn, I, I missed my workout, okay? 
Um, however, you know, Steve Mansour says that you want to make this an active choice that we have control over versus something that's just happening to us. And by making it a conscious decision, you're holding yourself accountable and, and making it an effort to cancel your workout plan. Now, let me say that again. You're, you're, if you make it a conscious decision okay, and holding yourself accountable and making it an effort to cancel your workout plans, um, you might just go ahead with your workout plan. Workout plan. So some ideas to do this is leaving your sneakers or your gym bag or your gear or whatever sitting somewhere that it, that shouldn't be like the middle of the floor or in the living room or um, on top of your TV or on, on your recliner or something like that. So you actually have to make that conscious decision. Do I work out now or do I just pick up my gear bag and move it? Okay. Um, you know, maybe taking your running shoes, putting it on, on the kitchen table. So you have to when you get home. You have to make that choice of do I move the shoes or do I actually run? So there you go. Chances are when you have to make an, an extra effort to exercise, you'll be probably more likely to follow through with the exercise. <laughs> um, you know, with all these trendy diet and, and workouts and stuff like that, um, you know, people forget that health and fitness isn't a one-size-fits-all. And what works for one person, you know, isn't going to, you know, get the same results as it does with another person, right? What works for you at one point in your life may not get another point in your life, right? So, and I know that all well. When I was in my 20s, I could eat everything that I wanted, you know, and not gain a pound, you know, work out every day and stuff like that. Now, you know, I look at a chocolate cake and I gain a pound, <laughs> you know. Now, a lot of personal trainers, they, you know, they're trainers, you know, hey, climb to me all the time and in their ass in the gym for months, months, and they're not seeing any results. Now, Stephanie Mansour said, if something isn't working for you, try something new. Think about what your body actually needs, and it's okay to make a change if something isn't working for you. After four weeks, you see no changes, which to a different type of workout. And last but not least, most important, ditch the all-nothing attitude. All right? The all-or-nothing, a lot of them suffer from this mentality. Either start a diet or a weight loss program and, and are totally gung-ho and all into it and they're all in, or they're totally out. They're totally off the way. Um, so when we look at our health in an all or nothing attitude, it sets up to feel like we're feeling if we're not hitting every single goal. So combat this, reframe your way of thinking, reframe, reframe how you think um, about, your, about your health. Um, and taking it and being an overarching long-term project that we have to stay on top of all the time um, to rather just choosing to make it a healthy choice. So, you know, one day you might have, say, 40 decisions related to your health to make. If you choose to work out, that's one. And it's choice after choice that builds on itself every day. So it's not that you have to wait until the day to start over. It's all those individual cases. I mean, I've seen people come to my studio and, and they're just to lose weight and they see the and they're like, yeah, and then, you know, they hit that plateau and then they say, oh, I don't know why I'm even doing this. I, I just quit. And then I look at them and go, so 
you lost five pounds and now want to quit. So you're choosing to be to gain five more pounds and you're choosing to be overweight. Oh, get it. You know, so ditch that all nothing attitude, folks. <laughs> all right, let's do this real quick. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking a little bit more about about you know, why do people think the traditional martial arts is bullshit? Not all people, but why do some people think that? So we'll be right back with this. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Greetings and welcome to the world's first and only Martial Arts History Museum. My name is Michael Matsuda. I'm founder and president of the museum. Designed as an educational facility, the museum is a fun place for young people and visitors to experience art, history, culture, and tradition and its relationship to the martial arts. Created as a timeline, it reveals how Asian history has had a unique and positive effect on American history. In just under an hour, visitors will be able to explore the culture and tradition of China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Thailand, and even Hawaii. You will be impressed with our section on the history of anime and the role Walt Disney played in changing the world. In our media section, visitors will enjoy reliving their past as they examine our historical timeline of martial arts and film, TV, and print. And as a bonus, visitors will get a thrill from our props from a variety of martial arts movies, including The Karate Kid, Kung Pao Movie, Revenge of the Ninja, Wendy Wu, Big Trouble in Little China, and many more. From Anna Mae Wong to President Theodore Roosevelt, to Bruce Lee to Avatar The Last Airbender and The Ninja Turtles, the martial arts has not only transformed American history, but it changed the world. The museum is a fun and exciting place to visit for the whole family. All the displays here were designed by the artists from Disney, DreamWorks, The Simpsons, and Halloween Artists. If you are part of the Unified School District, head up a homeschool, boys and girls club, the Boy Scouts, or even church groups, 
Your kids will have a fun time experiencing different cultures and Asian history. I know that there are many great museums out there for our kids to enjoy and explore. Now you can put the Martial Arts History Museum on that list of places to visit. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. Your source for martial arts talk radio. All right. And we are back. Oh, I guess it would help if I actually brought my headphones back up. I was like, how come I don't hear myself? Our phone number here is 647-677-0699. And uh, Kathy Long is still uh, undergoing some uh, technical difficulties on her. And she did Skyping and it wouldn't go through. Uh, the only thing is that, um, is that it doesn't have an account set up. Um, and you need an account set up. You can go on Skype, but you can't do anything unless you have an account set um, And uh, <clears throat> And what else? I think there's uh, some other settings um, that involve you know, your video camera and your, uh, and your uh, microphone and stuff. And uh, apparently it's supposed to go through a test that was on Skype before you can actually broadcast, right? So, and she just held at me on a text. I have <laughs> She's all like, I have a Skype account. Ah! <laughs> well, settings, you know, got to be something with the settings that isn't going to go through. Now, most people do call us on Skype, however, um, you know, do they do fine, so I don't. I don't know. <sighs> so anyway, um, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up her line. So she can hear me because her line is up here. Can you hear me? me? Can you hear me? I hear you. Hear You're breaking up a lot, but I hear you. Okay. All right. We're just gonna look at this. Go so, ahead so and turn your computer down so it doesn't back. And uh, we'll just try this. All right. So, so let's get right into discussion. Why do some people think that traditional martial arts is bullshit? Why do some people think traditional martial arts is bullshit? Let's see what, let's see if Kathy hear me, and let's see if Kathy has to think about this. Kat, what do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on why people think traditional martial arts is bullshit? Well, I can only hope to think that over the years, if um, a martial artist who's been training for years at a time has never really had any real-world application, meaning he's gotten into a fight, then you get some some guy who's just a scrapper and a wrestler or just happens to be pretty tough and doesn't mind, you know, hitting and getting hit. And he beats up the traditional martial artist, mm-hmm. especially in front of a large crowd, like a bar, for example. Then I, I can see where that would lead to people thinking that traditional martial arts might be bullshit. Okay, I, 
I didn't see that point. Um, let's from our people out there. Um, let's see. Hey, we've got my Susan Rhodes watching. Art Camacho is watching. Thanks for twelve people that are watching right now. And um, again, if you like the show, and regardless of our technical, catch share button down below there because we couldn't do it without you guys. All right, Richmond says uh, people think that traditional martial arts is bullshit because they are afraid. Too many traditional school owners are in fear of losing students. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. I think he's talking about something that you, uh, that you had said. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to agree there, Rick, that a lot of traditional school owners are afraid of losing students. But I look at it this way. You know, if you're a traditional martial arts school, Fu, Taekwondo, Hakyo, uh, Karate, or, or what have you, um, if your art is sound and if your students really have, you know, teaching, then they will stay, right? Because, you know, I'm a firm believer that all martial arts, okay, even though it teach people how to hurt people, not everybody's into martial arts with the sole purpose of learning how to hurt people, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure that if I had been in martial arts when MA started to get uh, uh, popular, I probably wouldn't have joined martial arts for the sole purpose of learning to people out. <laughs> you know, or get a really good ground game because even then, you know, I would have figured out that if I'm on the ground with some other person by myself, what if that my teeth in while I'm on the ground? Even I could figure that out, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, Kat, what do you mean there's no Skype button? What? There is no Skype button on the link that you sent me, it comes up to the show and. I see no Skype button. I'm sorry. Well, here it is. Here it is. Clearly, I'm blind. I can't see a damn thing. I'm like, it's right (laughs) there. It's right there. Right there. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this big, huge, green Start Now button, and I'm looking at a bunch of other stuff, and I just didn't see it. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. Fern paints the truth. Deal with reality. Some people don't like it, don't want to see it on their Facebook page. Um. Well, here's the thing. Okay, now, I don't know, Fern, if you're talking about, if you're actually saying traditional martial arts is bullshit, start dealing with reality. I'm not quite sure where you're coming from there. So, here's the thing, you know. Um, well, hold on. Bill Yamamoto is watching. Bill, I haven't seen you in a while. Justin Plack is writing, writing in, and he writes, in my modern times, it's true that people move a little differently moved differently back then, and fighting in combat has evolved since ancient times. However, everything has a use if it works for you. So people might be a little closed off it if they haven't seen it used properly in its original context. Rose Timmons says, where'd you go? I'm right here, Rose. <laughs> Restart your computer. <laughs> Rick Kellerman says, in total agreement with you, that's why the quote's untraditional. Whether or not you are training for the street or the ring, you need need to have a sense of reality in your teaching. Too much co 
footage drills without making the jump to realism, pressure testing, etc. Agreed. You know, and you know, and comes the um, the subject of McDojo's. Also, well, you know, might teach like watered down versions of whatever original art that they learned, or teaches, uh, you know, it's basically just a daycare, right? Um, so, you know, and then that, because, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be the first to admit that there are schools out there that don't teach realistic, you know, application of their martial art. Um, or, you know, people teaching it, you know, either A, don't know how to apply the forms or the katas that I teach. A lot of people, oh, yeah, well, forms or katas, look at them. Of course, I do.
many cases, traditional martial arts have been diluted and have suffered in terms of functionality. In terms of that being said, we have to also ask, what is a traditional martial art? Classical fencing is a traditional martial art and is quite functional. What about Osen Judo, the Judo that resembles BJJ? Isn't that traditional? Um, Rose Jimenez goes, Megojos, and then a um, and uh, any I agree. No one really takes time to learn bunka um, or the application of uh, kata. Um, Allerman replies now to Janie says taking the time to learn bunka is really the responsibility of the teacher. Agreed, agreed. You know, like I said earlier, you know, if a, a teacher could learn the whole curriculum of art, but their choice whether or not they teach the bunkai or if they just want to teach the form, right? Um, their choice. But then, you know, ultimately, if the student really wants to glean self-action uh, aspects out of or self-fence aspects of it, then the student will be losing out if the teacher decides not to teach that. So, um, Kaldun writes in and he has agreed, Sifu Rita, about katas being a uh, kind of like a encyclopedia of techniques. The forms are textbooks in motion. The instructor's obligation to scrutinize the form and break the stuff down. What was that? <laughs> what was that, Kat? What was that? Um, nothing. It's okay. <laughs> what was that? I heard <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. He stepped on a. He stepped on attack. You stepped on attack. Well, you better kick it with that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God dang! You better kick it ass. All right. So Calvin goes. Uh, Calvin says it's the instructor's obligation to scrutinize the forms and break the shit down to see what's practical in mock combat and what would not necessarily work. James Flanagan, thanks for listening. Um, Janie writes, I have found a lot of your kids don't have the patience for learning kata. Well, no, in my case, it's not so much the kids don't have the patience. They're lacking the attention span. We all know that. Kids, you know, kids' attention spans are a little bit shorter, not a lot shorter than the rest of ours. On the other hand, I've met adults that have very short attention spans. But that's neither here nor there. So I break break the thumbs up in the little little you know part that they get their little stripes on. You know what I mean? If they learn the first five moves, the first form, then they get a stripe. If they learn the next five moves and can do the two parts together, they get the next stripe, and so on and so forth. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I just break up down like that until they actually you know get uh, enough experience to actually test further. Next rank, um, you know, I, I, I've actually seen videos that will try to teach like a you know six year old a whole kata in one day. You know, that yeah, you know. Um, and then Rick Kelvin writes it and how it's presented, and I agree. And I was just uh, talking on that about uh, how to teach kata. Um, Janie, so Kat, Janie says that she type in the number, and the number doesn't work on Skype. That's kind of, 
Why is there a Skype button on my marquee? I don't understand. Um, when I, you know, when I click on it, they basically what they're saying is they they don't want you to. It'll come on twice. That's, that's what mm-hmm. the message clicks when I when I click on the Skype. So it's not going to work. So the number says it. So the message says what? Uh, here. Well, it's it's after I try to call. Um, okay. It just it just says uh, heads up. You're stopping the player on this page. So that you do not hear two out of sync streams when you call in with Skype. Click to talk. Once you once you are dialed into the show, you will hear it again, but it, it won't go through. <sighs> Don't understand. <laughs> okay. You know. Kellerman says, "Okay, let's face it. Even back in the day, who wanted to learn kata?" <laughs> True. You know, I would imagine yeah, that um, uh, in the 1800s when people were, you know, learning, you know, Aisabaki yeah, or what? What's going on over there? Talking really loud. Is that the TV? Is that your room? Yes. Roommate needs to know you're on the phone. <laughs> anyway, we've got Vincent Gill watching. Uh, Jay um, is saying, hi, Kat. Um, and you've never hi. met him, by the way. So um, Rick says, teach Bunkai first, cut a second, and then the kata becomes relevant. Exactly. That's what I do with the kids to help keep them uh, interested um, you know, I teach maybe two or three moves of, uh, uh, you know, a self-defense technique, and I say, okay, now let's just, okay, and this is how it ties in, and and uh, it's it's really cool to see the understanding on kids' faces when they they realize that, that their form actually has application. Matt Stone is being in. He says MMA people have an attitude toward traditional martial arts. From point on, will be called TMA. Okay. So MA people have the attitude toward TMA petitioners because of how pathetically TMA fighters represented themselves and continue to represent themselves when placed in a competitive environment. Um, when placed in a competitive environment replicates as closely as possible a real fight. Each and every time, the traditional fighter gets ruined while the sport fighter succeeds. Because more goes into being a fighter than wearing a costume, chef boxing, and meditating. While sport fighters do not have uniform, codes of conduct, or katas, fight constantly, and ultimately that's what martial arts are supposed to be about. It's certainly what the McDo teachers try to sell their program programs on. Exactly. You know. Um, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm I, I I've used these words in my own marketing as well. Let's see toward kids. Self-discipline, self-respect, confidence, um, what else? Um, appreciation for history, blah, 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 right? And uh, while that gets them in the door, it's more responsibility to teach them something that's going to work for them. Because let's face it, you know, with kids, you know, they need to learn how to defend themselves, you know, because kids can be cruel. 
other kids can be cruel. You know, you got bullies, you've got straight up mean girls, or you got straight up mean boys, and yeah, they're gonna learn to gonna have to learn to protect themselves. Um, and which is why it it, it really burns me when martial some martial arts teachers say oh, we only teach adults because we killing techniques. Sorry, if, if that's all you know how to do, you really know your art. If that's all you can teach how to, you know, kill somebody, then you don't know your art well enough. That's just my take on that. But it's true, though. You know, I think the problem is is that, you know, some of, some of the people that have not represented traditional martial arts, um, to stick to tried and true traditional technique as opposed to seeing the uh, application of it. Now, there was a video that went out several years ago that's gone viral, and, and, and it's a video about um, different, you know, different uh, video clips on people doing kata and its application in the room. And uh, you know, and I like the video. In fact, you know, the, the movements, when done traditionally, look very elegant and powerful and stuff. But when you do it for real, the rawness, the technique comes out. Um, you know, and, but it works, right? Um, and I, I love it. It was a great representation of how bunke can be gleaned from art. But, you know, some of the comments that I've seen on that particular uh, video, we're like, yeah, I'll leave it to traditionalists to, to you know, find, you know, to, to grasp the straws in their in their music because to, to uh, you know, fit MA. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, I about... think, if you don't mind my interjection for just a moment. Oh, go ahead. When you, when you see, I mean, I, I've seen that video, and you know, there is a lot of application when um, someone uses it in the ring or in the cage. However, right. in the traditional martial arts, if, you know, just to um, stay along the thread of why people think traditional martial arts is bullshit, um, right. just staying on that thread, in that how many times do you spar against somebody who's hitting you as hard as they can, who's moving and not standing in front of you, who's kicking you as hard as they can? How many times do you get to practice that with somebody who's attacking you as hard as they can in traditional martial arts? I see your point, but even in martial arts, if you go into you, you know, to just training, you know, do people actually hit each other with intention of knocking each other out just in training? I'm just no, curious. But in, in, but in sparring, let's just say in, in kickboxing sparring, um, there are different levels of sparring. You, you spar to work your timing and your, your speed. Um, there's, yeah, then there's sparring where you, you work on your power and, and your combinations and making sure that you're hitting moving targets well, but it, you are, you are hitting hard. I mean, many times I've been injured in sparring because I was always sparring men and, and they hit hard, but 
it was how I learned. By the time I got into the ring with somebody who was my size and my weight, I had no problem with them. But just saying that, it does help you get used to somebody moving, hitting a moving target for one, and getting hit. It gets you used to used to that period. And, and a lot of, I think in a lot of traditional styles, they don't practice that. And, yeah, of course, people yeah. don't get hurt when that happens. I mean, we know that. that. <laughs> My original style was traditional, and, and maybe um, not as much as yeah, because you know, you know we can't really say that all dojos are you know fluff and fluffed enough, right? Because no, but we're speaking in general terms. I, I'm not yeah. talking about you know specific styles and, and specific arts, but I am talking in a, in a general term. There's not that hard contact sparring where you're allowed to go ahead and hit without fear of being reprimanded. Yeah. <clears throat> I see you there, but at that point, is it really sparring? People actually really trying to rip your head off? Just curious. I'm just curious. I'm not arguing anything. I'm just curious. Is it called sparring? People are purposefully trying to hit you harder, hit you hard. You see what I'm saying? Without being a, you know, a contest or a, you know, well, you see what I'm saying? I, I and think to get used to, to get used to the idea of somebody actually, let's say you get into an altercation in public somewhere, you know, right. that, that, that person, if they're willing to cross the line, their intent is to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to hit you lightly. And they're, they're, I honestly believe that there should be times when, you do have somebody attack you in in class in a class setting, you know, in the, obviously in a controlled environment. But you know, somebody should be swinging at you as hard as they can, so you understand what that's like. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, maybe obviously not in the lower levels, not in the beginning belts. But right as you as you progress in the art and as you become more comfortable with the movements that you're learning, I think that you should be tested. I think you should test yourself. I mean, how how else are you going to know if you're not unless you go out into a bar somewhere and you pick a fight with somebody? Well, yeah, but then you're then that's stupid. I mean, I, I guess I of should say that because Tembo, Tembo did that. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a ton, there's an absolute ton to be said about uh, repetitive movement. You know, if A then B, if you practice the particular block from the particular strike over and over and over again, you're going to become, that's going to be ingrained in your muscle memory to do it a certain way. And the more you practice it, the more it becomes ingrained in your muscle memory, the, the less you really have to think about it and it becomes second nature to you. And there's always that to rely on. However, when, when shit is hitting the fan and all of a sudden your adrenaline is pumping through you and you're, you become tunnel visioned and your legs and, and arms are weak, and there's that, there's that telling moment. Are you going to be able to do it or not? Mm-hmm. And how else are you going to know? Other than training as realistically as you possibly can in the school and making your mistakes there, learning from them, and maybe sometimes taking a licking. Yeah. Now, Rick, <laughs> Rick Kelman says, <laughs> this is funny because Rick goes, Bullshit. Go to Yoko Dojo. And then he writes, this is where we're Rick Kellerman says. Because <laughs> you 
You know, I was going to say the same thing, you know. When people say, well, traditional arts don't do, you know, actual sparring, you know, with contact. And I would say, bullshit, go to Kyokushin, you know, or, you know, go to as option. I came up with option. <laughs> Just remember, I was speaking oh. in general terms. We didn't stuff. But you know, sparring against each about that cat about people you know posting their stuff on Facebook what do you what do you think about that well you're breaking up a bit so I'm having a little bit of difficulty understanding the question what do I feel about something being posted on Facebook that I didn't hear all of it you there We sing happy birthday to
Hello? 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 